uh, as of present day, I probably have about 130 reviews on the Airbnb website. Nice. On the Airbnb experience website, I've probably had over 200 people here. Multiple income streams can help farmers creatively overcome financial obstacles. In this episode, INCAT specialist Justin Duncan talks with beekeeper Edward Morgan Jr. They talk about Edward's beekeeping operation and how he turned it into much more. Let's listen. My name is Justin Duncan. I'm a sustainable agriculture specialist with National Center for Appropriate Technology. And I'm here today with Edward Bean Morgan Jr. First off, I'd like to ask, where did the bean come from? Well, my mom gave me that name as uh, a newborn. <laughs> it's a long story behind that, but I'm not going to get into that. But my mom gave me that name. All right. So tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got started. Okay. Again, my name is Edward Morgan from Hampton, Virginia. Been in Georgia on and off since uh, 1991. Um, I'm a food service director at a um, retirement community in Roswell, Georgia. That's my full-time job. So I, I kind of stumbled across the whole bee business. My wife and I, I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit, and I've had a barbecue, food truck. I've sold some black art. Um, I've done some of everything. Had some catering. Used to have a little catering business because I'm always in food service. And um, so we lived in this house in Georgia for 12 years, moved to California for four, moved to Delaware for four, and came back. But while I was in California, you know, because the homes are so close together and we have been living on this farm for about 12, it's a 10-acre farm, uh, I kind of missed it. And I said, if I ever get back to Georgia, I'm going to do a little farming. And when we finally got back, I was doing the research to um, to put the garden together to figure out exactly how I wanted to do it. And I ran across something that said, if you want to have a successful garden, you should, buy, you should have some bees. So, and, you know, I never thought anything about that. And um, so I went on Craigslist and, and found somebody selling bees out of their backyard and uh, called the guy up. He was probably about five miles from my house. Called the guy up, went over there. Uh, he opened the beehive up without a suit on. <laughs> I was like, wow. And he was like, here. And he handed me the frame. And I was like, okay. And I didn't get stuck. Oh, wow. And uh, <clears throat> believe it or not. So I thought it was, I was just amazed by the whole thing. And um, so I bought the bees and brought them home. Put them in the backyard. And I hadn't even started the garden yet, but um, that's how, that was the beginning of it. And uh, so I was, because when we were gone to California and Delaware, um, I had, um, one, I have a house in Charlotte that we made an Airbnb out of. And when we were in California or Delaware, one of the places, we, we, we were renting this house out. And when we actually came back, I told the tenant, hey, you guys need to clean this place up and you need to pay me on time. And about three weeks later, they left and I just turned it into an Airbnb. So I was, t there's an Airbnb network group. I was telling the lady, hey, I'm gonna, I just bought some bees. And uh, she was like, no, you need to do this new thing called Airbnb experiences. And I was like, no, I'm not interested. And for about a month, she, I always say, she harassed me. She said, no, I encouraged you to do it. 
And so the last day of the application process, she called me up and she was very adamant that I do it. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do it. I filled it out that Sunday night and woke up Monday morning. And I was approved on the Airbnb website to have uh, an experience with bees. Didn't know anything about bees. Wow. And, and and so what I did, I went to the library, checked out some books, and I went on YouTube, and I found all this stuff about bees. And I started learning. And then like a week or two later, somebody booked, and I didn't even have a bee suit. <laughs> so, I, of course, you know, you can buy anything on Amazon. So I went on Amazon, I bought a bee suit. Um, and the name of the course on Airbnb experiences is Beekeeper 101. So initially, it was very basic. Here's the worker bee. Here's the queen. Here's the male bee. Here's some honey. Here's some uh, drone bees. And that's about all I could do. But, it, you know, it lasted about an hour, an hour and a half. Okay. Well, since then, a lot has happened since then. And that was in 2006. 17. So then what I did, I joined the local B club. Then I went to a regional meeting and, you know, I'm meeting people that have one beehive. Some people, when I went to the regional meeting, they had 500 beehives. Right. And I was just amazed at the numbers. And then I ended up going to the national meeting in 2018. And there's five, you know, I'm meeting people that got 5,000 beehives. Was that ABF? Like, what are you I'm sorry? The national meeting, was that ABF? Yes, it was. Okay. Yes, in Myrtle Beach, exactly. And so um, I went to that, and, you know, I was like, what do you do with 5,000 beehives? And, you know, that's when I found out that, you know, people, there's some of the commercial beekeepers, they drop them, they'll drop off a truckload of bees in a in a um, almond orchard or, you know, a vegetable orchard, and they pollinate. Right. And they do it with millions of bees um and i was just blown away by it so the whole airbnb experience thing started to take off uh as a present day i probably have about 130 reviews on the airbnb website nice. on the airbnb experience website i've probably had over 200 people here out of the 200 people i've probably had mm, only two people have been stung but you know, nothing happened. I also, they have to sign a waiver. I have um, uh, EpiPen, better drill just in case. But it's an experience because you know most people have never, and most people have never met a beekeeper. And then it's very rare to see a black one. <laughs> I hear you. I so hear you. yeah, so people are kind of fascinated by that. But that's I actually stumbled across the business, and so I went from doing the Airbnb experiences. In my front yard, I probably have 50 hives, 50 beehives, but I got about 20, 25 that are active. I'm trying to, uh, by the end of the summer, I want to actually have about 100 beehives in my front yard. Nice. Now, you say your and front I, yard. Where Where are you at? So I'm in uh, Marietta, Georgia, suburb of Atlanta. Um, so is that's it, where we are. We're... Is it a pretty urban area or is, are there like, you know, wide open spaces, farms, fields and stuff around you? Or are there, is it like a neighborhood? 
No, it's it's a neighborhood. We so you know when we when we bought this house, you know we bought a house. It's an old '60s rancher, uh, sits on ten acres, but there's subdivisions all the way around. You know, so I you know I got a long driveway. I got a big yard. So okay. <laughs> Uh, it's, you know, it's just like a regular neighborhood. We just have the biggest yard in the neighborhood. <laughs> nice, nice. So what else do you do besides beekeeping with that 10 acres? I got about 75 chickens. I got three goats, two German shepherds. I got a pond in the back that I don't fish. I just don't have time. But there are catfish and bluegills and crappies in that. You know, over the 24 years, that I think I think we've had about 24 years, you know, it started. The pond has started to fill in, so I'm actually trying to figure out how to get that dredge. But I mean, I've been to the county and the city; they were like, "That's your responsibility." But at the same time, they tell me before you dig, I need to consult with them. <laughs> <laughs> right, 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 right. Okay, so um, you know that that Airbnb experience thing that that's amazing. I really didn't I didn't really know that there was you know the experience added on to Airbnb. I just you know knew that you could you know, sleep on in somebody's extra room or on a couch or something. Yeah. Yeah. They started, I think it was in 2017. Um, and it's worldwide. I mean, you can do all types of stuff, stuff you can, um, I mean, some of them, you know, you can sleep with wolves and it's, I mean, it's just amazing, but believe it or not, I'm one of the top experiences in Metro Atlanta. That's awesome. Um, so, you know, it, it has really opened my eyes. When I say it has opened my eyes to things, it has really opened my eyes to a whole new world. Um, I mean, I've been in food service since I was 14. But, you know, to branch out into this, and I, I literally have about six streams of income from the bees because I do bee extraction. I sell honey. I do. I teach classes. I have bees set up in two community gardens where I receive income for that. I sell bees. Right. So I sell bees and I also, so I can sell a hive of bees and then I can also sell the queen by itself. One bee, one queen bee, I can sell for $35. Nice. Nice. So what's your, what's your, so what's your favorite thing about beekeeping then? One, I do like the fact that I'm helping the environment. I mean, initially, you know, it, that wasn't the fact. But as I grow into it and um, and figure out that I'm really helping the environment and, I'm, you know, it's a nature thing. And, and also, when I go out there to the beehives, I mean, you really have to pay attention because I'm, I'm in a world that, you know, not too many people want to go out there and be bothered with. When, you know, when I go out there, my wife doesn't come out. So sometimes, <laughs> you know, I, I, I just want to get away. I go out in the bee yard. I, I know she's not coming out there. Although she did say probably a month ago, she was like, you know, I think I'm, I'm getting interested in the um, bees. And I'm like, she said she was going to buy a bee suit, but she hadn't bought it yet. And I told her, you don't even need to buy the bee suit. I have it. Just put that on and come on out here. But she hadn't done that. She's just talking. Okay. Um, but I, I mean, it's, you know what I really like about it? It has opened my world to just new ventures and new ideas and uh, just nature hear you so what uh, what's the biggest problem you face i mean you're you're in a suburban area um you know i'm sure there's all sorts of uh 
misadventures that happened because of that? Uh, the biggest, well, the biggest problem I have right now is time. I, I have literally have like 10 jobs um, and I'm busy and I'm active in other things. So, you know, and I have a full-time job, believe it or not. And um, so every day that I get off work, I try to get out of there. I usually go in around between six and seven and I'm out of there by two o'clock. And then when I come home, I mean, the first thing I maybe, I think the first thing I always do is collect the chicken eggs. You know, I'm talking to people, people drive up, they want eggs or they want honey. Um, you know, got to walk the dog. So it's time for me. I haven't had any, any issues with the environment. You know, a couple of people have asked me over the last couple of years, uh, are you concerned about anybody taking your beehives? No, not really. Um, you know, plenty of people walk up and down the street, but I have signs out. It wouldn't be very smart for you to pick up, you know, try to go up there and pick up beehive up. You may not survive that. That's <laughs> one. And then two, if I ever came home and my bees were gone, the beehives were gone, that's a beekeeper. Right. Because you got to know what you're doing. You don't just walk up and say, I'm going to take them. It doesn't work like that. Right. Other than that, um, you know, I, the, one of the first things I did when I put the when I started putting them in the front yard, I went to the county and asked them if there was anything that you know any ordinances or anything that I needed to do. They said no. In fact, there's nothing that anybody can do. The police, your neighbors, the bees are here for us. And he gave me this sheet of sheet of paper and said, if uh, anybody ever gives you any problem, give them that paper. And basically, what it tells them is. Um, and this is from the state. The bees are, they're here for the environment. There's absolutely nothing you can do. There's no limit to how many beehives I can put in my front yard. Oh, wow. That, yeah. that is, that is very uh, proactive and, and, and forward. Thinking. Yeah. In fact, what he told me was, I think the, some, I think the agriculture department came up with, I'm not going to say it's a law, but it's like a policy that there's absolutely nothing you can do if someone wants to have a beehive, unless you're in a homeowners association or something or apartment complex. Okay. Now you mentioned you rented out uh, beehives to community gardens. Do you rent them to other producers or farms or anything like that? Uh, no, I, I, I don't think I haven't reached that number where I have enough to do that. Actually, um, I, and I don't rent them to them. What I actually do is I sell them the beehives and then they pay me a monthly fee to maintain them. Oh, <laughs> that is so, genius level right there. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I sold them the bees from my yard, took them over there, installed them, and, um, uh, you know, I'm paying a, a nice fee to maintain them oh. on a monthly basis. And I told them in any, um, but part of the maintaining is because the bees do have parasites and you do need to monitor them. Right. So I make sure I treat them for the parasites. Any honey that's produced, um, I, I will produce it for them. I will help them get the labels on the bottle. You know, they'll have to come up with their design and stuff like that. Okay. But I maintain it for them. All right. So out there, what what, what is your best honey flow? Uh, what and what is the the best uh, nectar source out there? Well, 
of, uh, I mean, there are many things. So I, what I call my honey is wildflowers, basically whatever they forage on within a five mile radius. Although there are trees that really um, produce a lot of nectar, it's like sumac, um, goldenrod, uh, tul uh, poplar tulips. I, I think it's a tree called the poplar tulip or something like that. Tulip, tulip poplar, um, yeah. Yeah, tulip popular. And there are other stuff, but, you know, whatever is basically whatever's in the neighborhood. I can't specialize and say that is clover or anything like that. It's basically whatever's in the neighborhood. And now, and, and one other thing that I did mention, um, one of the things, because we're on the Anchorage and I've run across several things, one of the other things that I'm venturing into is um, I plan to have, probably within the next year, plan to have I plan to sell, have a nursery where I'm going to sell beef, native bee-friendly trees. Okay. Yeah. So that's one of the other projects that I'm working on. Now, it sounds like if if you've got 10 acres, you could seed that with some clover. Yeah, I could. But I got, I mean, I got natural clover just grow, popping up in the yard. Oh, okay. And, um, okay. Yeah. And I, and I, you know, you're right. I can do that. But they got enough to forage on right now. Okay. And I got enough to do. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, like, uh, here. Uh, everybody, it's funny how everybody wants to give me suggestions. I'm like, I got enough to do. And, and you know what? From time to time, I try to sit down with some people to run ideas by one person told, you know, well, a couple of people, uh, people that I really admire their advice. Sometimes I got to slow down. And a couple of people told me you need to focus on a couple of things. And you need to learn how to say no to some people sometimes. And, and that's one of the things that I, I'm struggling with. I hear you. When I say no, because I, you know, and when I say no, I had somebody drop by probably a month ago or somebody connected me with a, a logger and was like, hey, man, would you be willing to um, take some logs and you could tell the firewood? And I was entertaining it. And then a couple of my friends was like, man, they're going to tear your driveway up. You're going to have logs everywhere. And I ran the numbers. And I was like, you know, that's going to be some heavy work. And I'm not trying to work like that. So I had to say no. But I was I actually entertained it. I <laughs> yeah. Every opportunity comes along. You, you just can't take all of them because then you, you spread right. yourself too thin. Yeah. And yeah. So what uh what advice do you wish you had when you first started? Like, what would you tell a beginning uh, beekeeper? I think the first thing is join a local bee club and find a mentor, a bee mentor that can help you. When I initially started, I literally had to figure it out myself. Um, I, and like I said, I found I figured it out by starting to read a book and a couple of books and YouTube. Thank God for YouTube. And then I found that I stumbled across, well, I think I Googled the local bee club and I actually joined it. And that's when my whole world opened up because I didn't even know people meant for that. You know, I didn't even know, I didn't even know the scale of the business. Right. Okay. And as I start to venture into it, I'm realizing there's some people, here's the funny thing. For years, I've always seen that sign in somebody's yard says fresh eggs or local honey right and you know you see you pass by you don't pay it any mind well some of those people are making good money let me just say that okay. and you just don't assume that but believe it or not in atlanta my dad lives in north carolina 
And I tell him that I sell chicken eggs for $6 a dozen. And he laughs at me. He was like, you won't get that in North Carolina. Oh. And I drove, I was in Virginia like two months ago. And there was a sign up, you know, again, somebody had a sign up said, uh, local, local eggs, fresh eggs, $2 a dozen. And I laughed. I'm like, $2 a dozen? <laughs> <laughs> so... Okay. It's whatever you make out of. Right, right. But I, but put it this way: out of the, I, I, I sell my, I sell out every day as far as eggs. I can I need more chickens. In fact, I'm going to put more chickens. My wife said, "Don't hatch any more chickens until the, till the summer," because um, <laughs> I, I really want to have about a hundred, hundred and twenty chickens. Oh wow, that's a lot. Yeah, and that is that's going to give me about nine dozen of eggs per day approximately and that's I, I i can i think i can manage that wow that's that sounds like a lot of work and you've already got all those other hats that you're wearing well the it's it actually it's not it's just because the chicken coops are already built they you know and here's the funny thing you know i used to let the chickens out in the morning in free range uh-huh. and i would come home and the heads would be a couple of heads would be off, and I'm like, "What is that?" So you know, you you see the hawks flying around. Oh yeah. But I figured out I don't actually now. I let them off. I let them out uh, after I get off work, and I I think the hawks are full, and we haven't lost one since. Ah, that makes sense. So you're using the site uh, the uh, the uh, the natural habits of the hawks against them because they're spending yeah. their their mornings out hunting. And by the time you let your chickens out, the hawks are, they're done. Yeah, they're done. And I haven't lost one since. And so my major, I mean, the only thing I need to do with the chickens right now is, you know, like I said, we let let them out and we collect the eggs. There's no labor. There's really no, it's just my labor. I'm collecting eggs. It takes me five minutes to collect eggs. Oh, okay. Well, that sounds good. You know, there's very little work. That sounds pretty good, man. So you you've got you got it all figured out over there. I'm I, I admire that, and I, I hope well, I'm, our... well I'm, I don't have it. I'm still working it. <laughs> we still, you know, there's some things that I can tweak, but that's for the most part that's set up and ready to go. That's why I can expand it, and I, I think I can get up to about a hundred chickens. Um, yeah. So um, before we go, is there anything else you'd like us to know, our NCAT audience, and our ATCHA audience. So basically, uh, NCAT and ATCHA, we're a National Center for Appropriate Technology. We're a nationwide nonprofit organization that acts as an alternative extension service for people interested in sustainable and organic agriculture. ATCHA is like our information service where we, we provide technical assistance to, uh, to farmers and, and people who want to know, you know, things like what you're talking about, because, you know, we've got hundreds of publications that, you know, they talk about different uh, subjects like beekeeping and record keeping and organic certification and you know what cover crops you can grow and all sorts of things so while you have our audience's ear is there anything else you'd like for them to know yeah um well the one thing i'm amazed by because my dad has land my dad has given me some land in north carolina and you know they used to farm that land but nobody had bees in the neighborhood because it was a black community um and I often sit here and say, you know what? What if they had the knowledge to have bees where they could have gotten more yield from their crops? The one thing I would like to say, if you're a farmer 
and you have some acreage and you can get past the bee sting, you should put bees on your farm. I'm amazed at people that have hundreds of acres and they don't have any bees and they're farming. So what I've told people, I said, most likely there's a, there's a beekeeper somewhere maybe in the neighborhood that's very quiet, not saying a thing, but is profiting off of your crops. <laughs> that is good advice. That is very good advice. All right, uh, Edward, it's been really great talking with you this, with you this morning. I, I myself have learned a lot. Um, so hopefully our audience has learned a lot too. So I'm going to go ahead and let you uh, go so you can uh, take care of all your all your stuff that you need to <laughs> take care of my stuff that I need to. Well, thank you for uh, for the opportunity and I really do appreciate it. All right, man. You have a good day. All right, you too. Well, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Additional information can be found in the notes. And please leave a comment and don't forget to subscribe. We'd also appreciate it if you could fill out a brief survey to tell us what you thought of the podcast. It helps us improve our content. A link to the survey is included in the notes. I'm your host, Rich Myers. Alan Puckett and I produce Atra Voices from the Field at the National Center for Appropriate Technologies headquarters in Butte, Montana, with support from the USDA Rural Business Cooperative Service as part of NCAT's ATRA Sustainable Agriculture Program. Any opinions, findings, conclusions, or recommendations expressed in this recording are those of the participants and do not necessarily reflect the view of the USDA or NCAT. We'll catch you again next week, and until then, keep on farming.